friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your ears. Ladies and gentlemen, you are tuned to the MC Lars Podcast. It is Monday, September 23rd, episode 56 with Insane Ian. I just finished a great tour with the Aquabats and Cuckoo Kangaroo. Thank you, everyone who came out. It was awesome. Those guys are so much fun. And I can't wait to hit the road again with them sometime. I'm going on tour, you know, October for all the tour dates, mclars.com slash tour. We're going on the West Coast. We're starting in San Diego on October 4th, October 5th, Costa Mesa, San Francisco on my birthday, October 6th, 8th, Bellingham, Washington, Portland, Oregon, Seattle, and Denver. That's with Oakley Doakley. They dress like Ned Flanders and perform Ned Flanders music. So it's my kind of band. Nettle, heavy nettle, they call it. Uh, What else? Oh, this week's episode is brought to you, of course, by the Patreon Larsians. And if you want to be on the MC Lars podcast, give a shout out, tell a story about how you first heard me a show memory, please join at patreon.com slash mclars. It allows me to keep making this content, this free podcast content, and it helps me do all my videos and everything. Shout out to the new Patreon supporters, Juliet, Chewy Shaw, and Alex Mason. And shout out to the old ones, Christopher Sutton, Ben, and Josh. Thank you very much. I don't know if y'all noticed, but I brought 27th Street back. What? 27th Street is a comic strip I started almost 20 years ago in my dorm room at Stanford, which is crazy to think it's almost been 20 years. I've outlasted Calvin and Hobbes, what? No, but my art is no Bill Watterson. (laughs) But I enjoy doing it, and it's been intermittent over the years for sure, but it's back. I'm doing it every Tuesday, a new comic drops on Instagram and Tumblr. I'm not posting them on Facebook and Twitter. I might post like updates when they're a bunch up, but if you want to get that comics flavor. Follow me on Instagram or go to comics.mclars.com. That redirects to my Tumblr and you'll see my decades almost. Yeah, decades, geez, of comic strips. So I did a book in 2006. I should do another book of the newer ones. I'm utilizing a more of a square format because it's more conducive with Instagram. So that's what's up. I'm also bringing back the Hatchet Chats. I've been talking about that forever. That's my history series of ICP. I have a few friends helping me on the production writing. So it's busy, a lot of changes, a lot of exciting things, and I'm feeling great. Just everything is is awesome. So check out my interview with Insane Ian. Uh, I told Frontalat how he gave him a shout out and was so effusively supportive and positive about Frontalat's new record. And Frontalat thought that was really sweet. So look forward to a collaboration between them coming very soon. Uh, Insane Ian is one of Frontalat's favorite comedy musicians, and we talk about Ian a lot. We listen to him in the van on tour. Ian's parodies are very funny, very full of passion, but his originals are good too. Like Ian is kind of like the bridge between nerdcore and comedy music. Like there's a whole Dr. Demento inspired scene. I interviewed um, Worm Quartet a few months ago from Rochester, Shoebox, AKA Timothy Chris. And I want to do episodes with other people in the scene. Luke Ski, Devo Spice, Daryl Waffle House, uh, Johnson McFlurry guy. No, I made that up. But the, the comedy parody people are very funny. And the Funny Music Project has been on for years. I've had a few songs on it. And basically, it's like a mp3.com for comedy music. And like Ian says, usually the number one song on Dr. Demento, the most requested song, is a fump song. They have a convention in Chicago every summer. There's also MarsCon in St. Paul, which is not officially sanctioned fump event, but like Luke Ski, who's kind of the ringleader of all this, is heavily involved in that. So this interview was great. Ian's a very positive, sweet guy. He's very, you know what? He's very good at doing interviews because he'll say 
precisely what he's thinking very effectively, and then he'll stop talking. And then we'll move on to the next thing. Sometimes we interview people, they just go on and on and on and repeat themselves. Ian is like very rehearsed at doing interviews. He's very press media savvy. So it was refreshing. Not that I don't like people who talk on and on and on. And when I do interviews, yes, I've been known, <laughs> known to do that. But this is my interview with Insane Ian. Check out his music. And uh, thanks for listening. Ian, thank you for being on the podcast. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here with Insane Ian. Hi, Ian. Hi, Lars. How was that intro? That was very uh, nondescript. I enjoyed it, yes. Tell me, Ian, why do you make the demented songs that you make? What inspired you? And just talk to me about your inspirations. Sure. Uh, Well, I mean, I I think it's kind of obvious from my stage name of Insane Ian that I'm kind of influenced by Weird Al Yankovic. Uh, so yeah, I grew up listening to Weird Al. I Wait, was that? No, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> you maybe have done a song or two with him, so I think you know you know the guy. I came from a family of filk performers, so I you know I'm a, quote unquote a second generation nerd musician. So I I do comedy music based on nerdy subjects, kind of as a combination of my influences at a young age. Uh, my parents used to go to conventions uh, across the land uh, when I was a but a wee child as the group the Omicron SETI 3 doing filk songs about Star Trek and Sime Gen and other science fiction and fantasy stuff. And I grew up watching that and I grew up listening to Weird Al and now I do that same thing only different. I didn't know your parents were musicians in that genre. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I grew I grew up around around filk performers. Um, my my parents, like I said, were a group called the Omicron SETI Three. One of my earliest memories is being a at a convention in New York, and uh, my parents are performing a song called "The Captain and Miss Piggy," one of their few funny songs. Most of their songs were serious, but this one was an actual funny song. Uh, the, ironically, one they did not write themselves. A friend wrote, uh, but in the front row singing along is Isaac Asimov. <laughs> that's so, amazing what a memory yeah so you know i was like six years old when that happened so what was your first insane ian song uh the first insane ian track wasn't even a song uh or at least the first one that got released i was recording stuff on cassette and sending it to dr demento uh for years like in high school and stuff but uh none of it ever got played um because the recordings were terrible I didn't have a band or any way of playing music. I'm not musically inclined myself. My mom can play guitar, but I, I'm not really super skilled with instruments. So I was taking my Sega CD and putting CDs in it. My Sega CD also had a karaoke feature. So it would remove yeah. the vocals from any CD. Uh, and I was using that. I connected my Sega CD to my tape deck and would record parodies that way. Uh, and send them to Dr. Demento. And because they were terrible, rightfully, they never got played. But the first released Insane Ian track was on the first fan-made Weird Al Yankovic tribute album called Prosthetic Lips. But it was released as as if the hero worship in my name isn't obvious enough. Uh, that wasn't even released as Insane Ian. That was Insane Ian Bonds, and Insane Ian was in quotes. 
So you know, the whole hero worship was really on my sleeve in that one. When did you drop that? When did you? Pretty much immediately after. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you heard, I did a podcast with this guy, Weird Paul. Have you heard of him? I have heard of Weird Paul. And uh, I, I, there's, uh, I, I read an article about Weird Paul uh, from this uh, fan of mine who has also been contacting me about uh, the the Logan Awards and and Logan Whitehurst and does a lot of outsider music stuff in his column. Uh, and I read about Weird Paul and I saw your interview with him. Uh, so yeah, I'm familiar with him. How many artists do you think there are that are so inspired by Al that they created something describing them and then their name? You know, that's... That's that's kind of a thing I've noticed about comedy music in general. Uh, comedy uh, music tends to have, like, you either go with the wacky name, like The Great Luke Ski, or Devo Spice, or Worm Quartet, or you go with your real name, Steve Goody, Carla Ulbrich, Tom Smith, Jeff Whitmire. You know, it's, it's there's never, like, a, a, the middle ground. There's either completely extreme of a crazy name or no, I'm going by my real name. <laughs> right. Jonathan Colton. <laughs> Jonathan Colton. Yeah. That's an example. But how many people who have like an adjective than their name? I can think of you, Paul and Al. Well, Luke, Luke has, I mean, he, the great Luke ski, and that's more of a play on the great Gonzo. That's why the great isn't capitalized. Huh? I didn't know that. Uh, but, uh, you know, there's, there's a couple, I mean, Austin Ashleman from smashy claw used to go by odd Austin. Oh yeah. I remember that. Uh, he doesn't go by that anymore. Cause he doesn't do parody anymore. And his stuff is very, they might be giants. Joko influenced now. Uh, and he's a great musician. Uh, but there's, there's a, there's still a couple out there. There's wacky Ben. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a, a prevalent adjective name kind of theme. We were talking when I last saw you or a few times, few tours ago that you might be changing your name, but is this not true? Did that not I was, happen? I was considering it uh, yeah. because I had been uh, rightfully in, informed that uh, the name Insane Ian might be a tad ableist. And it's not ever something that I had considered when I came up with the name more than 20 years ago when ableist language wasn't really a issue like it is now. So explain what ableist means to people. That might be a new word for some of our listeners. Okay. So, so ableist language is basically language that was used previously to hurt people who were differently abled. Yeah. Basically. Uh, I mean, in, in as bad a <laughs> definition as I can get of it. Right. Um, so Using like the R word, that's right. that, that's bad. But there's also thing words that in the lexicon have previously meant something, like the word lame. Yeah, is kind of actually ableist language. Um, saying the word spaz is kind of ableist language. Right. Um, and some of the things with ableist language is it was you know previously used to hurt. Yeah, and that's why it can be an issue to use it now, even though sometimes. Words have multiple meanings, yeah. and sometimes those words don't mean those things anymore. Right. They've, you know, English is an evolving language. You know, it's constantly changing. So sometimes those words that were previously hurtful aren't intended to be hurtful now, but also right. it's, there's a whole lot of reasoning behind intent, and sometimes you can't always say, well, I didn't intend to hurt you. 
people are still hurt by it. So people who have schizophrenia or people who suffer from mental illness, you think may be potentially offended by your name? Possibly, yes. Yeah. Um, that was that was brought up to me. Now, admittedly, uh, now I don't have a, a a history of that particular uh, illness in 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 myself, but I I do you know. <laughs> Uh, prescribed to the second definition of it, which is strange or outgoing. Um, you know, if you if you look it up in Webster's Dictionary, that was the definition I took from insane, was the strange or outgoing version of insane. Um, and and then it was brought to my attention on the you know that might be a little ableist. So I but at this point, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's 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 a at this point kind of thing, and it's also a. I'm trying to like on my on my Twitter profile for a while and on my my Bandcamp page I have it with I have the name and then I have the definition after it. So right. I have that clarification as I'm not trying to be mean toward people who are schizophrenic what have you. So Talk to me about the fump. I love talking about the fump because the the fump is honestly one of the best things that's ever happened to me. Uh the fump is the funny music project it was created by Devo Spice, Jonathan Colton, and Rob Balder. Uh, they, the three of them, were on a panel together at a convention, and nobody showed up. Yeah. So instead, they all talked to each other uh, and kind of got ideas from Joko about his song a week thing that he was doing, and yeah. decided to put that format into releasing comedy music. Um. So uh, Rob Balder and Devo Spice put the website together. Uh, teamed up with a bunch of top musicians from the Dr. Demento show, which became the the core foundation of the group. And the group and the the Funny Music Project was launched in 2007. The first song on the the website was "C Is for Lettuce" by Worm Quartet, <laughs> and uh, and we've been going strong ever since. In the 12 years that the Fump has been around, 10 of those years. We've had the number one song on the Dr. Demento show with one of the songs from one of our artists. That's we good. are a coalition of about 150, maybe more different artists on the site, maybe about 50 of which post on the regular. Uh, and I, I say 12 years, we've had number one. This year isn't over yet, and we are very close to the number one song this year also being from the Fump. So the only year we missed was last year. Because I think Weird Al beat us with the Hamilton Polka. I think that was the number one song last year. I, That's I could fair. be wrong. That's okay. <laughs> um, but we've beaten Al every other year. So <laughs> wait, so you're saying that's the only year? Is if I'm doing my math correctly? Yeah. yeah. Wow. So since 2007 to 2017, we had the number one song. One of the number one songs has been from our site from one of our artists. Uh, we release two songs a week for free under a Creative Commons license or for a dollar for a high-quality download. And then every two months, we collect all the songs onto a CD. And we are, I think, releasing volume 77 as of this recording. Who are the core members? Uh, the core members of the Fump are uh, Devo Spice, The Great Luke Ski, Tom Smith, Jared Ringgold of Possible Oscar, uh, Worm Quartet, uh, Chewbox of Worm Quartet, uh, Chris Mezzalesta of Power Salad, uh, Carla Ulbrich, and Mikey Mason, and myself. Wow. Uh, I was invited into the core membership after a couple of years. A couple of people who were on the core, uh, Spaff, Rob Balder, 
Um, a couple people stepped down because they weren't really involved in comedy music anymore, and them being on the core didn't really make sense for them anymore. So we invited new members into the core membership. And what the core does is they help with making the decisions overall with a lot of the stuff that goes on behind the scenes with the FUMP. Uh, people can submit songs to the FUMP. If you have a funny song and you want to submit it to the FUMP, there's a little button on the sidebar to submit it. The core membership votes on the song, whether they think it's it's funny for the site, and then it gets either approved or not, and then goes up on the site, and then you get you know your uh, your royalties from that. So MarsCon isn't a FUMP convention, but a lot of FUMP artists play it, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. The MarsCon is a science fiction convention out in St. Paul, Minneapolis, uh, that Luke Ski runs the music track for, and uh, so maybe about a good handful about 10 or 12 comedy musicians go out there to perform. Uh, and then we have Fump Fest, which is the, you know, Funny Music Projects Comedy Music Festival, which is kind of a convention also. Uh, and, you know, we just had that at the beginning of August. Uh, so that this year's has already passed. But we do that every year. We have about 15 or more comedy musicians come out doing hour-long sets. Uh, we have panels. Like, you know, you get to talk to our guest of honor this year. We had the double clicks. Um, we have question and answer sessions with them. We have a contest so that audience people can uh, participate called Dumb Parody Ideas. So you have a stupid parody that you think is, is you know, kind of funny, but also kind of stupid. You get on stage and you do a verse or a verse and chorus, and then the audience votes on their winner and you win a, a golden spatula. <laughs> uh, we have a fump game show with testing your fump knowledge and stuff. So it's a, it's a big comedy music convention next year. We are hoping to have Dr. Demento be our guest of honor for the 50th anniversary of the Dr. Demento show. Where is fump fest hosted? Fump fest is, uh, where I am here in Chicago in the Chicago land area. When I met you, you were in Baltimore, right? I used to be in Baltimore. I moved to Chicago about three years ago. So let's talk about that. Do you, which city do you like more? You know what? They're both really great cities for the arts. Yeah. Uh, Baltimore has a huge arts community, um, but it is very much on the kind of localized to Baltimore arts community. Uh, they have a, a, a decent comedy scene, lots of open mics there. Um, but I moved to Chicago because their comedy scene is a little larger. And hmm. comedy music is kind of a bigger thing. And also, for Fump Fest, we didn't have anybody who lived here. <laughs> we chose Chicago as our central location to have Fump Fest because it's kind of in the center of where everybody is. You know, we right. have people coming from all over. So I also moved here to kind of be the person on the ground to help do the promotions. I do the PR for the Fump. So <laughs> I write their press releases and I handle the hey, social cool. media and stuff. So. I'm I'm the guy on the ground here trying to trying to get the groundswell of promotion going for the festival. So I figured moving here would be good in that sense too. And also as an actor, moving to Chicago is like number three behind LA and New York. So that works out for me too. So And I'm sure like any underground music festival, it's largely a labor of love. I imagine. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. It has to be, because otherwise you're you know not gonna <laughs> You have to be realistic about what kind of money you're going to make. <laughs> well, how many people come to it usually a year? The, the year we had Dr. Demento was the biggest crowd we had. Um, so we're hoping to get back to that. Um, but we're always trying to get like more local people involved in it and in coming to the festival because there's a lot of comedy music 
performance things that go on in Chicago proper, and we're trying to get them to come out. So we have some local uh, comedy music performers that are here in town come be a part of the festival every year. So like one or two that I've seen, I go, hey, we should invite them to Fump Fest, you know, and tell Devo who books everything. Hey, cool. This week, I am doing work as an extra on Chicago Med. So, hey, that's tight. Yeah, so it's it's kind of funny. I've been living in Chicago for three years, and this will be my fifth time on the show. So <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. But yeah, no, I, I I do work as an actor to pay my bills right now. Uh, uh, besides doing temp work, I am working on a song about being a temp called "It's Hard Out Here for a Temp." Patreon.com slash insane Ian. I do a brand new video every single week. When you do your parodies, where do you get your backing tracks? a guy named Ben Stahl, who was a friend of mine back in Baltimore. And Ben was a wizard. He could play every single instrument, ape every single style perfectly. And he and I uh, collaborated quite a bit on a lot of my, on my first three previous albums. We don't get to work together as much as we liked to anymore. Um, But there are still other people that I can hire to do backing tracks with. Again, Austin Ashleman, uh, Jace McLean, Bone Cage, Jake Dewar, who uh, does comedy music, who I, I just met, and he also helps out artists around town with doing backing tracks. So because I have no musical talent myself, <laughs> I, uh, I, I use other friends. That's cool. And so what do you think is your favorite, like, best-sounding parody? Probably my TikTok parody, Dig Dug. We did an entire EP about Harry Potter. Weezard. As parodies of Weezer songs. Yeah, Weezard. Yeah. And, uh, and so that one, I think those sound really, really good, too. I think those sound really close to the originals. Uh, I just did a Beatles EP that's all songs about the MCU called Meet the Avengers. I don't know if you knew this, Al, he's not doing parodies anymore. He told me he was going to stop. Who are the next great parody people? Uh, Luke Ski is always top of everybody's list. Yeah. Um, he's he's the most requested artist of the Dr. Demento show for the 20th century. Um, Devo Spice is still doing great stuff. Steve Goody does fantastic parodies. And, he's, and all of these artists are on the funny music project they're on the fump interesting i've heard it's because also now with youtube it's you can't monetize parodies as easily yeah it's a little tougher uh you keep copyright strike because the music sounds similar to the original i think a lot of artists are frustrated with youtube these days a lot of a lot of a lot of people are frustrated with with youtube not just artists but just content creators in general um, a lot of the gaming channels that I watch are frustrated with it because of certain stipulations that YouTube has somehow randomly put on it and the, you know, cursing the algorithm left and right. So, yeah. And, and here's the thing. Comedy is subjective. Right. You, you know, anybody can say that's funny. That's not. But that's only your opinion. You know, what's funny to one person may not be funny to another. And while Raka Raka Ali definitely has his fans and people who think he's funny... I am not one of them. There has not been a... I have not laughed a single time at any of the songs of his that I've heard. So he won't be headlining Fump Fest. No, no, probably not. (laughs) And not that that's my decision. You know, that's that's (laughs) up to Devo Spice, but... But at the same time, I would definitely be saying, I'm not... I'm not going to stick around for that show if he is. Um... It is subjective, but don't you feel like social media metrics and stream numbers in place kind of like it's a trial by your jury of your peers, right? It absolutely is. I, I, I definitely agree with that. But that's, you know, 
I, I, I see that and I always go, well, there's no accounting for taste. <laughs> so it's all dependent on a person's taste. And, you know, the metrics show that certain people have this taste. Some people don't. Sometimes people have bad taste and like racist comedy is definitely not funny. And, and it's unfortunate that that gets his racist songs get attention, which I think is like very offensive. Comedy is supposed to punch up. Yes. Punching down is not is never a, a good sign. I mean, people are talking about Dave Chappelle's new special and talking about how how he's, you know, making rape jokes and all this stuff. And it's it's. You know, his his transphobia coming out in his comedy, and none of that is punching up. It's all punching down. Punching up is, is you're supposed to be making fun of the people in power, you know? And punching down to those who are already struggling, that's, you know, hurtful. And people always say, well, comedy's not supposed to be nice. Comedy's, you know, if, if you're hurt, that's your fault. Frankly, that's bullshit. It's yeah. not. It's on to the person who's causing the offense. It is n- never up to the person who's offended whether they get offended or not. You can't help being offended. That's t- human nature. You know, if you have offended somebody, apologize for that shit. But, you know, right, that's a whole right. other rant for a whole other thing. That's a good point, man. P- yeah, you put that super well. Like, Mad Magazine would always punch up. Weird yeah, exactly. Up. And yeah. that's and that's that's exactly what you need to do with comedy. Comedy is is meant to bring joy and laughter and as soon as it stops doing that it stops being funny. So Rekka Ali being born in Israel doing like songs about like Jewish humor and stuff, can you make fun of your own ethnic You can group? absolutely make make fun of your own group. Yes. Yeah. I mean, one of the comedians that I really like, Danny Sexbang from Ninja Sex Party, he's Jewish and constantly makes Jewish jokes. That's fine. But yeah, and and you know, there is that run line of people wondering, oh, are they can they do that? But <laughs> right. you know, yes, there is you, there is that that kind of crowbar separation of yeah, that's okay. <laughs> and, and I think something we all learn from Al, people like in the Fump and in Nerdcore and everything, it's like you can be funny and if you you can also be in good taste and in a way that makes it funnier because more people can listen to it kids can listen to it absolutely that's the difference between like the broader youtube comedy and our niche movements because we don't go for the easy jokes easy targets exactly exactly yeah. any easy targets is usually ourselves what are your thoughts on the current state of nerdcore and who are some of your favorites in that genre there's there's a kind of a divide in nerdcore because you have your old school uh just doing recordings nerdcore and then you have your straight up just doing everything for youtube nerdcore that's good and and there's there's definitely a a solid divide between the two there are great artists on both sides i mentioned bone cage bone cage is technically nerdcore with a lot of the stuff that he does dan bull whom you've worked with shout out to dan uh, Game Boy Jones, JT Music, these are all the, the YouTube nerdcore guys. And then, of course, you've got nerdcore, I, I don't want to say nerdcore proper, but nerdcore 1.0. Uh, you know, you've got, you know, of course, I listen to uh, folks like Kadesh Flow and MCOMI, and, uh, you know, you've got uh, uh, Creative Mind Frame, and you've got Wreck the System, and, you know, a lot of the the newer nerdcore folks that are over there are they're all doing great music. Right. And there should be some sort of 
collaboration that brings both sides together. You know, there should be somebody that that works with both of them. And I think you and Megaran are the only two that I can think of that bridge that gap. Oh, that's a nice compliment. Thank you. Uh, because because you guys do a whole lot of YouTube stuff, and you work with a couple of YouTube folks. I mean, you've worked with Watsky. You work with with and Watsky. I wouldn't categorize as nerdcore anymore. Right. A lot of his early stuff definitely was was on the nerdcore yeah. tip, but I don't know if if any of his more recent things have been. But Dan Bull definitely, uh, and and there's that that is that crossover there. Um, but a lot of the other artists that I've mentioned, they had a a nerdcore gathering in Austin, Texas, uh, back I think at the beginning of August. That was a one day thing, and it was all YouTube nerdcore folks. Mm, that's cool. That's very cool. I bet that was well attended. And they don't, as far as I know, they only put out like singles. I don't know of them putting out albums. Right. And when I say they, I mean the YouTube ones. It's very new, new artist model kind of stuff. Yeah, it really is. It really is. It's just, here's the video. You can download the single. And the, ga- the game that came out tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. They, that's, the, that's the thing that really is key with that is they jump on like, hey, here's this new media thing that's coming out today when this video drops. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I also tried to do a song a couple months ago. Uh, I'll, I'll say what it's about. I had a song called Chucky and Woody because the Child's Play remake and Toy Story 4 were both coming out the same day. And both uh, toys are owned by a kid named Andy. So hey. I tried to have a crossover song, but I, I didn't get it finished in time. So do you see the posters where child's play had like the the burnt up broken toy story toys? Yeah. Yeah. It was great. It's pretty good. Like they had like three different posters and, and they like basically Chucky murdered the toy story crew. And that was what my song was about before the posters came. <laughs> the challenge is if you make something topical in a way where it's, you're expressing something about yourself and you're not just referencing it because it's popular. Al songs, still have kind of that feeling. Each album's like a yearbook. Exactly. Each album is a yearbook. Yeah. And and I think with the YouTubers, though, it becomes a little bit even more niche because of how fast they're putting things out and how fast what they're putting things out for is in the public eye. And the cool thing about Dan Bull is he's at the point where, like, the gaming companies pay him to make raps about their upcoming yeah, games. Which is insane. That's awesome. Which is that's a yeah. deal I'd like to do, sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how that's do you, really cool. That's awesome. The way these YouTubers have made it work is you have to consistently put out high quality stuff like every few weeks yeah. for like five years. And just do it. And I think the old model of Nerdcore, like that schism you mentioned. It's because we looked at it differently. We were like, well, I'll put out an album every four years yeah. and I'll have a big YouTube video that I'll spend five grand on that will lead up six months before the album comes out. No, we're, it's like we're dinosaurs kind of in, in how we see media. A little bit. These kids are fast and their stuff looks and sounds amazing. So therefore, they're going to make hella money. They're fast and their production quality is so high. Yeah. And admittedly, some of the videos are just clip videos with lyrics on them. Right. Which is the fast and dirty way to do it. But that works. But it works. It absolutely works. And, and that, was the, that was the thing that nerdcore music kind of fell off on, too. Like, the, the, the non-YouTube nerdcore folks would kind of be like, at least early nerdcore, the production wasn't always on point. You know, you had some guy recording into a uh, Radio Shack head mic to, to, to do his raps, and, 
you know, the quality kind of showed on those early things. I do think production quality has stepped up considerably on the non-YouTube side, but getting that extra step further to, like, they're concentrating on albums, YouTube is concentrating on singles. That's and it. And the singles are are definitely pushing that further. And you can't spend more than a year or, or even six months on an album. Or maybe, yeah, I, yeah. Th- I think you have to boom, 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 which can be exhausting, which is why people like Adam Warrock and people stop, you know? Dr. Awkward hasn't put out anything in a while, and, and, and Adam Warrock has basically retired. Zealous One retired. And, you know, and I tried to put I used to put out a new song every month on the fump and I wasn't able to keep up that quality for a while because frankly, and I went through a divorce. And so there was a lot of things that went on with that, but I'm going back to that model of doing one song a month to kind of keep myself productive and also to kind of just, I have ideas that I want to get out and I, I want to keep that momentum going. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it, it, they both have good models in, in my eye. So I, I'm trying to adapt myself and what I do to that. And it, it's definitely a challenge to do. Yeah, and it's this being consistent. Let's talk about your music videos. You have quite a few. Some of them, the, the quality, I really like the one where you're dressed like Luigi. Mario. Talk about how, that one. That was uh, the Babam video. That was my Bruno Mars parody of Grenade. And uh, that one, I borrowed the costume from a friend of mine. And that one, again, that one was a very much slight YouTube mentality behind it because I was like, okay, the single and the video are coming out the same day. So do you ever see a potential time in the future where you would be like, all right, I'm done doing this. I can't do it. Or will you always be making music? I love performing. I love uh I love making people laugh. That's really the reason I do any of this. I, I, I probably will still do it anyway because I'm stubborn and stupid. <laughs> and that's something that is, I love. It's very charming about you is that you do it for the passion. You're a, both a fan of comedy music and you love to perform it. And like, absolutely, yeah, you're not doing it for the fat, the fat stacks, the golden mansions. Oh, no, absolutely. <laughs> you do it from your heart. <laughs> the fat stacks. Ah, uh, yes, I can I can pay for gas today. Um, <laughs> no, no, it, it's never for that. I mean, admittedly, I would like a little more. I mean, who wouldn't like to be recognized a little bit more for the work that you do? But I don't do it solely for that reason. It's never for that reason. It's because, hey, I have this song. I think some people will like it. Some people do like it. I like they enjoying it. And That's then it. repeat. Repeat, release, repeat. Lather, rinse, repeat as necessary. What did you think of Frontalot's new record? I loved Frontalot's new record. Uh, Front did what I, I mean, Front always does what I try to do. Um, (laughs) But he put out an album about breaking up with the internet, and it is so solid, top to bottom. Mm. Uh, Schaefer and Vince put out Department of Darkness, which is fantastic, Mm. which I have a hidden track on the uh usb card for i keep plugging me because wait wait, wait is that the purple it is yeah yeah, yeah that was all schaefer's idea uh i got jace to do the music for that and i recorded my end and send it to him and that's pretty great that was a that was a fun track to do you've done a lot of stuff with schaefer haven't you i have i've done i've done three things with schaefer i did <laughs> i did uh everyone's gonna die i'm sorry you're all gonna die uh which was an idea from our friend kiki she and I were discussing horror movie tropes 
and we decided to put it into a song and we made Schaefer the Killer in that song and and that has an animated well a a motion comic music video for it by uh, Ghost Free Hood and then I did a spoken word sketch on my internet famous album asking him to do a song and him turning me down and uh, I've heard that you're like on the, the phone with him. yeah we're on the phone talking yeah. and I'm like I want to do a, a a a response to your song Cat People about dogs and have you come in on he's like yeah i really don't want to do that well can i at least sample your song sure and then the song begins with the sample so there was that and then there was purple people hater which he he just hit me up for for department of darkness when is the insane ian frenelat uh collab coming out (laughs) as soon as damien says yes um (laughs) but you're the busy one yeah well yeah right no but i've i've asked him for a couple things and he's not been uh available at that time so you know what I'm wanting to know is when is when is the insane Ian Lars collab gonna happen? That's that's the question. Have we not done any? We still haven't done. We've talked about doing several, and we haven't yet for ten years. For ten probably. years. <laughs> but I, maybe something not lit hot. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean anything. I mean I'm I'm down. You you suggested uh, the twelve memes of Christmas. So oh, that's a pretty good idea. <laughs> but that again, maybe dated. Now. That's very dated again. Now that'll get dated quickly. So you know, if any of you listening have ideas tweet us i'm <laughs> at mc lars and you're at insane ian b <laughs> we've been talking about it for 10 years it will happen eventually it will happen it has happened well now we've gone on record say we're doing yeah, that's, so and that's the thing and now it has to because this is going out into the ether of the internet so who in the fump comedy music scene like has put out any new records that you're excited about um we just had fump fest so it's been a, a ton of of music uh there's this new guy named jeff whitmire who uh just came onto the scene recently. He he randomly messaged me on Twitter saying he liked my song and he pointed me towards his YouTube channel where he has uh, had a handful of parodies on. And two of them Jeff Whitmire. Jeff Whitmire. And two of them really caught okay. my eye. He had a parody of a song from Little Shop of Horrors. He had a he had a musical parody from from from, from the show called Suddenly yeah. Star Wars. And it's great. Jeff has got an amazing singing voice. Uh, and, ah. and so this was a fantastic parody. And I was like, this is awesome. This really caught my ear. And then he had a song called Hey There Momoa, which is about Jason, his wife loving Jason Momoa as a parody of Hey There Delilah. That's good. Frequently, what's charming about the Fump is yeah. they'll do a parody from... 1987, a um, B-side from a band you've never heard of. <laughs> I would do old songs too, but it would be about like a current movie. Exactly. Yeah, and that's 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 definitely the distinction. Uh a lot of the I I, I try to adhere to that a little bit. I mean, there's there's still, you know, the people who want to do the Like your Avengers album. Yeah, the Avengers album is like, you know, old songs about new movies. Or or I do like a thing called the the video game medley in concert where I do uh <laughs> New songs about old games or old songs about new games. That's cool. <laughs> Try to mix it up a little there. I've met Al a couple times. Uh, actually, I used to get backstage passes to Al's shows pretty often uh, because I produced the second Weird Al tribute album. I am the only comedy musician to appear on all three Weird Al tribute albums. Okay, wait. I'm only aware of one of them. There are three. The one I'm on. There are th- okay. The one you're on is the third. That's 26 oh. and a half. And that one was produced by Jason Austin um, of Smashy Claw and, and Nuclear Bubble Rap, but not in that order. 
Um, the second one was called uh, Me, Myself, and I, the music of Weird Al Yankovic as performed by others. That was the one that I produced. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that one, uh, I got I used to get backstage passes to, to Al's shows. Um, that has Chris Ballou from the Presidents of the United States of America doing a track on it. Mm. Who's, your, who's your close personal friend? I am a close personal friend with Chris Ballou of the Presidents, yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and actually, I don't know if this has ever been released out into the internet or not, but uh, that tribute album has the distinction of being the only tribute album that Al himself is on. Yes? Wow. So there's a song on that album called, it's a, it's a cover of Dog Eat Dog. And it's done by Mac Hine and the Stupid Jerks. And Mac Hine is a amalgamation of the word machine. And it was sent to me by a guy named Mike Hine. Uh, Mike Hine did released this song to me that is all 100% computer sounds. The drums, the voice, everything. Come to find out years later, Bermuda told me that was him and Al. Really? That's yeah, cool. So- That's very cool. So it was like an so, anonymous submission. It was an anonymous submission. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, uh, Bermuda sent that to me uh, with him and Al on that track because they were like, we, we wanted to have a song on one of the tribute albums and not let people know it was us until years later. And, uh, you know, he told me that in confidence years ago, but then like the word got out somehow. I didn't tell anybody, but somehow the word got out about it. So yeah. that's why I'm safe saying it now. So wait, what but, was Oh, uh, do- the dog eat dog. Yeah, cover. Um, which is on my which is on my Bandcamp page. I, my Bandcamp page has like forty releases on it. <laughs> so, Ian, we should wrap up. Like, I know Doctor Demento plays a lot of the Fump artists. Where can people hear Doctor Demento's show these days? Doctor Demento is at drdemento.com. He does new episodes every single Saturday. Plus, you can check out the archives with all the old stuff. And we have a Facebook group that is admined by me. And Doctor D's in there all the time too. So you can holler at Barrett Hansen. That's right. Let Barry say hi. And uh, also, of course, the songs of The Fump are on The Fump. Thefump.com, T-H-E-F-U-M-P.com. New songs Tuesdays and Fridays and occasionally Sundays. You know, I know you've got a Patreon, and I also know that you are known for opening a lot of shows. Do you have any songs about being an opener? Wow, what a completely not set up setup. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm kind of perpetually an opening act. So uh, I thought if, if we're going to be the opener, let's make it a grand opening. And that's what this brand new song is available on my Patreon for August. And YouTube.com slash Insane Ian? That is correct. YouTube.com slash Insane Ian. And if I didn't mention it before, Insane Ian.bandcamp.com for all your Insane Ian needs. And I'm looking forward to that Insane Ian front of lot collab. Oh, me too. Coming out in uh, January. Hey, no, you can't say that now. We don't know. 2040. <laughs> We're, we'll both be in walkers at the time. <laughs> Ian, thank you very much. I know you're a busy man. I appreciate your time. Thank you for having me on, man. It's been a blast. Thank you for letting me yammer at you for an hour. You know, and I'm I'm glad you finally got a couple words in edgewise. That's good. So you're a great um, person to talk to because you know a lot, and you're a great guy. You are. You're just the nicest person in the world, and also always a pleasure to be around. Oh, thank you. That's sweet. And say, Ian, good man, good music. MC Lars, an even better man. Check out his flavor. Peace. Peace. It's 
It's another show, another grand opening You look up to the stage and you see me, now you're an opening Who's this nerdy white dude with his chubby dad bod Rapping over beats that he's playing on his iPod My god, who is this guy? What weirdo did they find? Press your ear against the speaker so that I can blow your mind Just a 40-year-old nerd who never acts his age So please do me a favor, come up closer to the stage Unless it's my demeanor that you're finding quite unsettling I promise not to bite hard, ladies, gentlemen Everybody's welcome, doesn't matter where you're coming from All that I will ask is if you're ready to have lots of fun So come get some and make some noise, it's really super easy And if you like what you see, could you maybe buy a CD? I got them at the merch booth, it's not that far a trek But you can do it later, this is my sound check It's a grand opening, you gotta start with me I'm just the opener, maybe not who you wanna see I'm here to set you up and knock you out and that's a fact A grand opening from this opening act I know you're only here to see the other bands It's not like I need fans, but I could really use some fans Now you don't have to worry, I'm not up here long By the way, did I mention you can find me on Patreon? I'm here to warm you up as I rap and dance and sing If no one pays attention, well it's kind of embarrassing But here's the thing, I'm used to it, occasionally I'll bomb Did a show for three people once, and one was my mom! Well that's my lot in life, I don't mean to be a whiner Always a bridesmaid, never a headliner But what could be finer than to entertain you? Performing while you order drinks is just what I do As the opening act, I get such little respect But I'm the only one on stage now, last time I checked And all those other acts that you came here to see I'm not opening for them, they're closing for me! Actually, uh, <clears throat> that's, that's not true at all Please don't tell them I said that, I, I really need this gig it's a grand opening, you gotta start with me I'm just the opener, maybe not who you wanna see I'm here to set you up and knock you out and that's a fact A grand opening from this opening act It's a grand opening, I'll make you love me I'm just the opener, maybe not who you came to see But I hope you like my set and I make an impact My name is Zentanian, I'm your opening act Great interview with a great dude Thank you, Ian. That was tight. And your new song is tight. All right, y'all. It's about that time. It's time for the, the MC, MC Lars, Lars Patreon, Patreon Larshan Larshan of, the, of week. the week. I don't know if you noticed, but when I said those words, there was a crazy, crazy echo, echo effect, effect on my voice. Tight, tight, This week we have Larry Fine from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Larry is a super strong supporter of the entire scene he has been for like years and years over a decade so he tells a story of a special moment in nerdcore history hey Lars, it's larry fine i was just thinking about the show where you performed in orlando where you had everybody who was in the track uh doing the bruce campbell on stage all together that one time when everybody uh showed up in the same city that was amazing seeing bruce campbell with everybody's verses in there uh, and everybody jumping on stage, and Schaefer just sweating so hard that he made the floor s slick. It was an amazing show. Uh, I'll never forget that performance. Uh, y'all, y'all are amazing. Uh, look forward to seeing you again soon. Bye, Larry. You got a free shirt. That was a great story. I remember that zealous one who, in the interview, actually, in Saint Ian, talks about how he he quit doing music. Schaefer, Whitey Cracker, myself, Mike Russo on a full-on sonic assault into your ears. So next week, we have Suzanne McDermott, who I found out about because there's this movie called Six Days in Roswell about, yes, the Roswell, the crash in Roswell. And 
She has a song in that called The Roswell Incident that I loved. I, it's in the closing credits, and I love that song. So I did a cover of it on Indie Rocket Science, but I changed it a lot. And she's a artist, healer, life coach from the South who has a lot of great things to say. So she's on next week. Thanks for tuning in. Happy Halloween in a month. I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, please leave a comment. Please leave a review of the podcast. Tell three friends. Be like, yo, Lars interviewed Insane Ian. It was insane. I don't know. If you want, whatever. I appreciate y'all listening. And uh, thank you. And we will see you next week. Bye.